0: Multi-team or even whole organisational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, let's say all of them, most of them have had. Pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agileist and agile leader yourself. To accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you, here at Less Matters, we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Hello and welcome to another Less Matters podcast episode. Today we are here... For the third time with the wonderful Magnus, Magnus and I have been having many conversations over the last couple of episodes relating to a vast array of different things. Uh, None of the things really that we had intended to talk about, but that's the, uh, that's the beauty (laughs) of these things, right? So uh, we've been talking about empathy. We've been talking about neuroscience. We've been talking about agile transformation. We've been talking about the role of managers and The transition from role of manager to team member and scrum master. And for today, to pick up on some of this thread, we're going to talk about something change-related, like human change-related. So when I was talking to a great person called Rowan Bunning for a Less Matters interview, which will be coming out around now, it should be, so do take a look through. And if not, do subscribe, so you make sure you do catch it. And Rowan explained that in his experience, he's often found that organisations have been playing a certain game in a certain way for a period of time. And then they decide that they would like to embrace anything and everything lean, agile or less, whatever it may be. What he has found in those situations is that you have people who historically have been rewarded for playing a particular game. And then they decided want to go to agile and the rules of the game change and it leaves them being not very good at the new game. So one thing that I'd like to propose to you then Magnus is that with this idea of old game and new game and with the idea that our habits are very entrenched mm. and in the heat of the moment, it's difficult to remember the the new way we're supposed to be doing things. What's your thoughts on
1: this? Oh, (laughs) there are so many. Again, uh, one thing that is actually helpful to know is is, uh, like if you go towards a bit of fight flight, literally the brain will work differently. It will from biology, this this thing that I believe runs us. It will change. So the prefrontal cortex will not get as much blood. Instead, it will go more to the flight-find instincts of the body. What that means is that it's, it's not like you have forgotten uh, uh, the new things you should do. It's like you have never known them. You will instinctively return to something. And, and I guess many modern organizations are experiencing a lot of stress and pressure right now. That's, of course, a bit anecdotal, but that's what I hear. Lot pace is picking up all the time, and so if we're trying to practice a new habit, if there's a turbulence, a fire, we might revert, right? So what what do we want to do to prepare for that? Because it's guaranteed to happen. You know, great organizations are prepared. How could one prepare, Magnus? Well, uh, uh, when I tried to, you know, a habit is to pick up running, you know. And there are certain things you could do, or any exercise. Um, it's it's quite possible, actually, to change your habit, how you do your relations, and how you how you enter the room, so to speak. You know, uh, it's actually possible to work that thing. You know, I'm a shy person, so I will stay silent in a new gathering, or vice versa. I'm really talkative, so I came into the room shining and hey, everything is possible to work on, but it requires energy, and we do not want to spend that. So we want to work in habit because it's less energy consumption. So, huh, how do you prepare? I think you need to have a gameplay, right? Let's let's try to imagine a gameplay. Like like in any football team or sports arena, I imagine they they do a well. Anyone that knows this for better than me, but I imagine they they drew a bit of of drawing on a whiteboard or something, and they have a walkthrough. But then they practice a lot, and then they practice again, and then they have the game. And then you have the people that has the possibility to serve, uh, observe, maybe a scrum master, maybe a manager. What happens when you have people on the sideline? Do they give instant feedback? No, not during the game, but, but in between games. So then we can circle back. So this is what we said we want to do, but this is what, what really happened. Now, what do we make of that? What do we want with that? And then when pe- so that when people have the opportunity to reshape their habits by constant feedback loop, it's not so. Yeah, I'll stop there.
0: No, no, you, you, I will interrupt. <laughs> I was going to say carry on, but I would have interrupted you anyway. What this? Uh, <laughs> I think that the lesson then is that, and this is where I think I've, I've done my like professional like team coach hat mm. is mm. that. There is, first of all, you've got a situation where you've got uh, in the moment and in between.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So you've got, this is how I always rationalise it. You've got in the moment, which is um, in that meeting, in that event, when that person behaves in a certain way, what contract is there between the team and that person or mm-hmm. the team members or between you as a scrum master or a coach mm-hmm. to interrupt in the moment versus parking it and then taking that feedback to the in-between now if you haven't contracted with an individual and let's say this is a an individual you're a team coach and you have been fortunate enough to be involved in some kind of business or business as usual observation so not a workshop or an event which which has been constructed in order to let them get them to achieve a certain goal but something which is just how they're going to how they work on a daily basis And somebody comes into that situation and behaves in a certain way. Now, I think as as any form of coach, in order to give that in-the-moment feedback, there has to be an element of in-the-moment contracting Mm -hmm. to be ethical to ask for permission to ask the question, which will cause the reflection. Yeah, And I think this is some of the mistakes that we make often is that people will decide that they will just ask the question to cause the reflection without permission. And from an ICF perspective or any kind of formal coaching body, asking someone a, a, a coaching-type question, knowing the effect that asking that question could have on the individual and provoking their self-reflection in that moment without having gained their permission to do that, I think is very on the, on the, on yeah. the edge of ethical behavior. But I think that as an industry, I've, I've seen it all too often. So it's interesting then. So, what I'm saying, I babbled a bit there, but what I'm saying <laughs> is there is in between versus in the moment. And regardless of what it is, there's always an element of contracting, agreement, and expectation mm-hmm. setting in regards to the feedback. And I think that's, I think it, and that is then incredibly important and incredibly valuable and it helps us become aware of those habits and those in the moment things that happen where our brain just circumvents at the, um, the hippocampus and just goes straight to the, the old Mm -hmm. part of the brain, right. Which will enact some kind of fight flight freeze, but also Mm -hmm. doesn't the amygdala um, control lust and sexual desire and things like that as well. It's quite a raunchy little element of the brain. If you, I think if you look at some of the research and do you know, also amygdala, um, there are there are many of them. It's amygdalas, but it's always referred to as singular, which I only found out the other day, which is quite interesting. But when our brain does then reroute and we then go back to the old known habits, having somebody who is able to make us aware of that in a way which we are happy to receive and do something with is incredibly beneficial because if that person isn't expecting it and isn't ready to receive it, then anything you say, I doubt is going to make blood rush to their hippocampus and all of a sudden start, oh, no, do you know what? Thank you for just making me look like a complete fool. Um I feel mm. much, yeah, no, you really helped me think. like No, no one's going to say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the wrong moment, uh, uh that kind of question or feedback, even if you try to offer it, it's like, um, it might be perceived as something that is, is like an attack on the ego or the behavior, which might lead into defense protective patterns, which actually shuts that part of the brain that needs to listen. It will be shut down. So yeah, exactly that. Band. What came to mind when you started to talk, uh, those contracts, exactly. And I mean, if you really embrace Scrum and Les, uh by the way, and you do the retrospective really well, then you have laid the foundation, because one of the inspected elements that you do in a retrospective—that's a phrase in the Scrum Guide at least—what elements do we inspe- inspect? And usually we think of, of other things, but but the conversations we have, or the behaviors, or like what what happened in the gameplay, when in the heat of the moment in our team. Uh, did, did everyone get the opportunity to speak? Did we actively stop and ask, does someone else want to add to this decision before we move on? Is there someone that sees a problem with this? You know, that type of questions, or maybe be that... It's called psychological safety, which is... and That's another episode. I don't in, entirely understand psychological safety. It seems to be an emergent phenomena based on the contract you were talking about. So thanks for bringing that to the table. It's much more actionable.
0: Mm. Uh, I feel like
1: I could talk for much longer about all of
0: this. Always the way. Always the way. The psychological safety is an interesting one. I think there's this lovely concept, which I, do you know what? I feel ridiculous because I keep saying it and I haven't done enough research on it. The idea of a uh, WeCube. VQ. Which is, uh, yeah, WeQ, uh, Collective Emotional
1: Intelligence.
0: Oh. And when you think about it, emotional intelligence as an individual, great. But in a team environment, is it good enough just for each person to have individual emotional intelligence? Or is there oh. something that actually then transcends that? Because mm. this is where we start talking about the difference, I feel. Like, again, I could completely get this wrong. But when we talk about trust, I trust you, you trust me, we're in a team, one on one, we will say anything with each other, we don't care. Right? It's fine, we trust each other. That then in a group environment, we may not talk as freely because we haven't got that 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 bigger thing, which you know, the emotional um, the psychological safety, which mm-hmm. enables us to take that level of interpersonal risk in that group environment. And I kind of feel it's the same with perhaps same with emotional intelligence, is that we can all be individually emotionally intelligent and we can all exhibit it like individually one-on-one but then when we're in a group there is a there is a bigger thing like how do we read that collective the collective emotions the group empathy the group emotional response to something how do we then deal with that and I think dealing with those I, I would say a retrospective for me is a is an in-between point of reflection yeah. and it, it isn't an in the moment and I think there is a there is a nicer word for all of this I'll I, I, if I remember to look it up, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. But then there is the but then the in the moment piece is where uh courage and skill have to be present in equal amounts to traverse that in the moment mm. Mm. tense situation well. Because if you were lacking either, then you you're just relying on luck. And I, I believe that we are both lucky people, Magnus, because we found each other on this planet. But I perhaps don't <laughs> think that all of us are. But I don't think I'm that lucky. Anyway, Magnus, our time is up. But, it is. It is. but I'm going to get you back. And maybe we can make a list of some other questions which we don't really answer and talk about other stuff.
1: Or, or hey, maybe someone in the audience brings up a question.
0: Oh, maybe we could do a whole uh, questions for... I was going to say questions for BM, Ben and Magnus, but BM is also my initials. <laughs> so that reminds me, it's like me. We could yeah. say MB, yeah. but then MB, isn't it, don't they manufacture board games maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> but absolutely, if, if anyone's listening and they've got a question for either of us, get us on LinkedIn or leave us a review of the question. Don't really mind, but we are happy to pick up a question if anyone provides one. If no one provides one, we'll think of our own. Either way, Magnus, uh, you will be back. Now, Magnus, I would like to leave the, the closing thoughts to you, my friend. What is it you'd like to share with the world before we end today's episode?
1: The beginning and end of any organizational companies are humans. And so deeply understanding humans, the biology of our behavior, that is, to me, what Toyota says when they say respect for people. And you can learn.
0: I'll insert a suitable sound effect after that, Magnus, when I do the edit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause or something. Magnus, always a pleasure, never a chore. Everyone that's been listening, I hope you've got something valuable from this. I'm pretty certain you have done. As we said, please ask us ask us a question. Find us on social media, and we'll be happy to field those questions. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. I'm Ben Maynard and this is the Less Matters Podcast. <coughs> right. Uh, uh, where's my mouse gone? there it is what a brilliant conversation do you know what i really enjoy talking to people as you can probably tell so i hope you've enjoyed listening to it too now don't forget to subscribe leave a review give us your feedback the more attention that we get the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them to add videos onto the youtube channel for less matters community so please do give us your feedback share it like it love it give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.